very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme with you right through until 12 midday. The bus issues, as you heard on news, there has been resolved. We are also looking indeed at uh, politics on today's programme. The GP's plans have been refused in the Connemara region. We're looking at digital projects uh, today as well. We're also looking at a commissioner for older people. That's what some people want. Uh, Jerry Murphy goes motoring with us. We're looking at Valentine's Day and we have a Vox Pop indeed uh, from one of our colleagues there. The NBCRI, they're having a major fundraiser. How do you fancy becoming an apprentice teacher and going to the UK? We have details on that. Lent starts uh, today as well. So we're looking at that and more between now and 12 midday. Comment lines all open if you want to get through to us on 086 33 It's a Wednesday morning. Good morning to you. She's getting it back on me, so she is. Listen, they're all giddy here today. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day uh, to each and every one of you. And uh, thanks indeed for being with us each and every morning. And if you do want to get in contact with us, feel free to do so. And quite simply, all you have to do is uh, call us here as well on 091-770-77. We would like to hear from you uh, today. Now, though, uh, a good resolution. Well, a good outcome indeed. Uh, to what has been a very traumatic uh, four months for people in relation to bus transport. And the bus transport we're talking about uh, is bringing children to uh, St. Paul's in Uchtarard and indeed uh, students into Galway City. The man who brought this to a resolution indeed on behalf of the parents uh, is um, Senator Sean Kine. He joins you on the line today. Uh, Sean, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Now, um, no, we spoke to the parents this morning. None of them want to talk because they're involved in GAA, they're involved in all sorts of things. and and uh, But... Uh, they want to say thank you to you. How did this resolution come about? Because this is going on for nine on four months at this stage. Well, I think it was resolved with pressure, uh, to be honest, Keith. Uh, this is, as I said, you've uh, covered this issue and uh, your radio station has covered this issue uh, very well over the last number of months. You've um, highlighted the exacerbation of, of parents, the pressure the parents are under, the annoyance, the frustration, uh, the fact that they uh, paid for a service and they're entitled to a service and they weren't getting it. And obviously there, there are always hiccups along the, along the, t- uh, <clears throat> along the way in, in certain instances. Uh, people can get sick, drivers can get sick, uh, um, there, there might be an absence of drivers for a short period or whatever else, uh, but this has been a much longer period. There are there were issues, obviously, that that, that are known that happened, unfortunately, um, and this led to uh, drivers having to be moved around and um, the, the, the parents and children from this route, from Icullen to St. Paul's and up the road, were the ones uh, to suffer. So thankfully, it's been it's been brought to a head. As I said, I think the continued pressure and highlighting this issue and contacting uh, Bosern, I think, has resulted in this now uh, being resolved and the service will now um, officially resume next Monday, the 19th uh, of February. Uh, so that's 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 positive. And um, I think it, it raises the broader questions in relation to if these things happen again, whether it be in, in Connemara, East Galway or, yeah. or, or, or wherever, that there be a quicker response, that there be contingency plans, that there be a relief driver, a relief bus uh, available to provide that service because parents, as I said, suffered from, from mid-October, um, you know, having to bring their children uh, to, to, to school, change around arrangements, uh, impacting on, 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 on work, work and everything else like that. So it's important, I think, that Bus Erden, uh, you know, com- find solutions to these things quicker and that they have contingency plans because, as I said, there, there, can, there can be issues. And look at next September, there may be other issues and yeah. other routes that can cause problems. But parents here have, have had to endure this for a long number uh, of months at this stage. So we're referring here to the F2050. That's the route we're talking about here. So we are. 
And, and again, yeah, I know Galway, there's an inquiry. Uh, my, there's my, an, my column to St. Paul's. Yeah, I know there's an inquiry ongoing, so there is, and that has to come to a fruition as well. So it, the resolution has been, rather than a contractor going in there, what they've done is they've um, they've put one of their own buses and one of their own drivers there uh, for for this term. As I as I understand it, Keith, it's hard to get information, but that was what the last conversation I had with them. That was what they were. That's what they were looking at. Um, as I said, they they did, in fairness, try a number of other solutions, including um, putting on a bigger bus and sort of amalgamating routes, and it just didn't uh, work out. Um, so, uh, as I said, the most important thing is now there there is a bus and there is a driver available uh, from next Monday to um, to provide this service. And on the other route in relation to my Cullen to the educated together school we're still having the re- resolution on that but um you know there are the wheels are turning in the background in terms of of, of getting an alternative uh, bus and I, I i know there's work ongoing on that and I, I i hope can't give a promise but i hope that can be resolved in the very near future as well so it's a good news uh, for the the parents and children uh, and i said the parents because the children probably don't mind what way they go to school maybe they miss the crack on the bus as well uh, but um certainly the parents were under pressure um, and this took too long uh, to resolve um, but thankfully it is. So the second resolution there, sorry now somebody was um, d- I've just got a little bit um, confused there so the second one is from my calling to the to Galway City then, that's the second one that to you're the, talking to about To the Educate Together, uh, Educate Together School in uh, Galway City so that one is has been uh, has been off for, uh, for a period of time smaller number of pupils as I understand it uh, but um, they're still they're still without service um, and um, as I understand it there are there, there is work in the background there and I'm hoping for a resolution that in the next in the next in the next short while as I understand it there'll be um, a new operator is expressing an interest in getting into the into the service and uh, hopefully that can be resolved because I know they've tendered uh, these things uh, these routes uh, previously and they were unable to, um, uh, to 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 get an operator um, I think the original operator couldn't get a driver so these these are the problems that arise yeah. unfortunately in, in, in relation to things like that but uh, as I said I think OCR need to be able to step in and uh, provide alternatives uh, quicker than they were able in this case but look I do acknowledge the work that has gone uh, but I said pressure uh, and, and the role of yourself um, and other and 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 others to uh, to pursue this, I think, is has been important here. Good stuff. Where did you go? By the way, I was uh, just uh, in the last couple of days. Indeed, Paul Kyo, your your colleague, indeed, uh, from uh, Wexford, has uh, decided not to contest the next election. There's quite a few Finnegalers. Are you concerned that with all of the retirements that have gone on through Finnegal, uh, that there may be a, a difficulty forming government next time round if uh, the election doesn't go your way? Uh, well, look, there's never a shortage of people to stand. Uh, that's one thing I've, yeah, I've, I've learned. Standing is one thing, but getting elected is another thing. Well, that's it. And I mean, look, it's 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 never ideal when some of your uh, heavy hitters um, retire, people that have been there for a long number of years, they've built up uh, a loyal support base, whether it be in a personal basis, but party basis, and for, for, for doing work and delivering. And I know Paul has... Um, has done a great job there since 2002 when he first got elected to consolidate that seat uh, and um, on occasions to bring in a second uh, seat there as well in the Wexford. That area has now changed and you know, most accept as well that sometimes the boundary review can can result in, in 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 TDs having to make decisions of whether they want to start afresh in some ways and and, and focus in Paul's case on the northern half of the county and into South Wicklow um, rather than the southern end and his own area in Escorty. So when you when you when your base is cut like that, it impacts. And uh, you know we've seen that in the, indeed in the 
Labour Party and Sean Sherlock and Mellow as well, where you have to make decisions. Is it worth if your vote has been split uh, so much? But look, we've had um, a number of people in Fine Gael that are uh, retiring, but I'm confident that we have up-and-coming councillors and indeed other people that are willing uh, and, and, and able to uh, retain uh, seats for the party. And, um, you know, there's always a bit of... Uh, of turnover at times. There's a number of people there that have um, served the party with distinction and their constituencies with distinction for years, like Michael Creed and Charlie Flanagan and Fergus O'Dowd, who've been there for a long time. So, I mean, they 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 they're entitled to uh, they're entitled to uh, to move on and to uh, pursue other things or to uh, you know to to, to retire. And uh, a number of them have done that. Um, of course, it's 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 not ideal when there's a large number like that. Uh, but you know, people have to make individual choices in what's best uh, for themselves. But as I said, I'm confident that we have strong tickets across the uh, country uh, that there are councillors that are uh, happy to, to 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 step in. And with the support of the outgoing TDs, indeed, mm-hmm. um, um, I, I'm. I'm sure they'll be able to retain uh, the maximum number of seats possible for Finnegan. When is the selection convention, by the way, for uh, Galway West? When is that going to take place? Um, we've only had one selection convention yet, and that's in Dublin Bay South, where we have uh, no TD at the moment. Um, other than that, there there may be a few um, conventions, maybe in, 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 in April, uh, and then they'll break. Again, so I think the majority of them will be after the local elections in June. Uh, so we've no date yet. It may be, it may be before June. Um, if not, I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be September. Um, but um, as yes. I said the, the members in, in Galway West will have the opportunity to nominate whomever they so wish, uh, and um, uh, we we see then what the, who the runners and riders are and uh, what the results might be. Uh, and you're still confident that it'll be an October election. Um, well, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of rumours, um, speculation, and, and otherwise speculation. And I mean, uh, you know, the, the, there's a number. There's been a number of choices either before the locals, with the locals, before the budget, after the budget, or go full term. So you can take your pick of those. Um, I'm going for October. So I am currently October, so, sort of after the budget. Um, I'd imagine, or, or, or just before, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just looking though, I mean, so you've got the sitting um, Deputy Hilliger Nocton, Minister Hilliger Nocton, um, you've got yourself, uh, you've got Clodagh Higgins um, there as well, and Eddie Hoare. So how many can go on a ticket for Galway West without uh, ruining it for others? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Clodagh and Eddie are, are both excellent councillors, as is, as are, uh, as is, uh, Frank Fahey uh, in Minlow as well um, and look we have two strong candidates uh, as well of course in the East Ward we'll have to wait till after the local elections uh, there in terms of uh, Shane Ford and Ashling uh, Kyo as well so uh, you know look after the after the local elections there might they, be a they, different they, they uh, won't different go though from all I mean the, the ones that, from looking at all of them in my opinion it, it'll be Hildegard Nocton uh, yourself um, Clodagh Higgins and perhaps Eddie Hoare as well I, I can't see the likes yeah, of Ashley look, uh, coming in new to <coughs> politics coming in there or indeed uh, some of the other I can't see them going uh, for the whole era. and when you look at Galway East then you've got uh, Galway East is going to be different as well because Michael Fitz is, is going to go in Galway East I do believe then you've got Kieran Cannon Peter Roach you have Ollie Turner uh, Sean Kenny Anne Rabbit and others uh, there as well so that's going to be a fairly full race as well yeah, I mean, look, uh, there's 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 a number of things that you have to. Uh, I suppose the party looks at um, obviously incumbents. Um, you have gender balance. You have geographical balance. Um, you yeah. have um, you know the who 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 who's done well in the local elections that might have momentum and going into election. Not this is not a unique for Fine Gael to be for all parties. So I mean, I think it's still too early to call. Um, and of course, um, even if the convention was before the local elections, then the party and. It, 
indeed all parties will be will be free to to add uh, candidates thereafter as well onto the ticket uh, to be uh, official candidates for their party. So I mean, um, I, I, I think it's too I think it's too early. Um, we d- we don't know the results of the local elections. I mean, if somebody whether it's east and west of the city does exceptionally well, um, can they be ignored then for? Cons- Consideration then for a general election. So mm-hmm. these are the things I said yeah. that the, the members, firstly, uh, of Fine will have um, a say in, in any contested convention and then the party um, executive council thereafter. All right, before we go, somebody wants to talk Camille. Please ask uh, Sean Kine, when are we getting our footbridge in Octorard? I, I take it that you, you, Noel Larkin is making it up currently in June and it'll be out tomorrow. Is that it? <sighs> Well, if, if if things were if things were so easy, yeah. Look, it's there's been a long running saga there. I, I know um, Tom Welby had, had a statement out recently in relation to consultants been appointed. I know yeah. there's a group there in Uppsala as well that have been working on this, um, and um, I, I got them the options report there from uh, <clears throat> Transport Infrastructure Ireland recently. Uh, I, I won't give a promise and said there's. Um, and I know, in fairness to the to the local councillors that did allocate our, our ring fence money for the bridge in for a footbridge in Uckdarrard a long time ago, and because of a lot of back and forth and changes of mind, if you like, in Transport Infrastructure Ireland, the first of all, um, during the last um, crash, if it, for example, they scrapped the plans for um, a full new bridge, a uh, new road bridge. Uh, and then they were pursuing having a footbridge and then they said no we'll go back and have a look at the road bridge again and now they seem to move towards actually looking at uh, a, a footbridge which makes okay. absolute sense to have a footbridge there um near the near the 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 the, the, the water pipe there crossing the crossing the own rift down on the on the mycullen side of the bridge so <clears throat> work is work is ongoing uh, it's a slow burner unfortunately because it's a sensitive habitat but it's important uh, that we, we 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 provide a footbridge for the for the children of the are there's two busy schools there and uh, you know we can try to encourage people uh, to walk and reduce congestion uh, in the area as well it makes perfect sense all right thank you for joining us Senator sean kind joining us there on the line now i'm getting calls in again today oh god lads where do i go on this one i, I really can't go anywhere but there was a fracky outside the hospital and uh, last uh, friday night i'm told there was a bit of a row um, but there was a row outside galway cathedral last evening as you heard on news there at the jail road uh, just after the novena and we're getting quite a few texts about it here today and you know what? We're going to let the Gardaí deal with it. That's what they do best. They do it. Let them at it. Uh, I'm not just entering into discussion on it, if you don't mind right now. Now, I want to pick up on a story that was in last week's Connacht Tribune and it's to do with Dr. Peter Sloan because he is a GP based in Nkafarua. He's renting on premises, which to begin with is very unusual uh, in rural Ireland in, because most uh, GPs are accommodated by the HSC and health centres and otherwise. Uh, but anyway, he went for planning and unfortunately, if you were reading the Connacht Tribune last week, you'll have heard uh, that uh, he was rejected. Um, he's not going to be rejected by this programme, I can tell you. He joins me on the line. Dr. Peter Sloan, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today. This this is just one of those stupid situations. Um, why was it Why was it um, rejected? Can I ask you? Yeah, it, nothing to do with the building, Keith. We were we're we're we're, we're in a, a cramp. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I work out of a building that's uh, very picturesque. It's a beautiful stone cut building. It's very old. It needs quite a lot of work done inside. I have a fantastic landlady. We've been working very well together and we had uh, spent about two years putting together a, a very sympathetic plan and the purpose being to serve the patients, to serve the community, to give my staff a better building to work out of and for myself as well. So that was the purpose and came up with a very nice plan, put the planning in and the building's fine. 
but the parking uh, that comes beside the building uh, that I have a license for, apparently after being in use for 40 years without any intention to change anything about it, is now a problem. And so nothing to do with the building, but everything to do with uh, traffic and parking and exits and entrances, which has been the same for the last 40 years. So why is it becoming a problem now? Or is that just a stupid question for me well, to ask? Uh, no, I think I think the reason, Keith, is that, uh, you know, something that's been used for 40 years and now applying current planning guidelines and current planning regulations to something which has been in use for 40 years. Um, you know, um, I'm sure that if you want to design something new and now that you would have to put in place different standards. But the fact that it's been used for 40 years, but surely then you can't really go back. You can't can't really go back and apply, you know, uh, you know, new standards to something that's in for 40 years um, when you're not planning to bring any addition. I mean, if I was going to bring lots more patients to the clinic, I'd understand, but we're not. We're trying to actually just deal with the fact that over the last three to five years, there is so much more work has been moved out from hospitals into the community, which is brilliant. Um, but that brings with it, uh, you know, a commensurate need for an assistant in the practice, a phlebotomist in the practice, uh, you know, more work for the nurse. And I need more space to accommodate that to provide for my patients. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a combination of planning legislation, which is uh, overly stringent and overbearing, and uh, perhaps sometimes overzealous application of uh, planning law, which is unpragmatic. But I mean, the situation quite simply is, if it's been custom and practice for the last 40 years, why is this now being taken into account? Well, I'd love to know, Keith. I, I did try and seek a pre-planning meeting, but I, I was advised that that would take such a long time that the best thing was to submit an application. Um, I would have hoped they might have come back and said, can we get some more information? In other words, look, there's problems with this. If you can go and fix this, we'll grant you planning. But they just flat right rejected it, which puts me in a very, very difficult position. I, I don't have the luxury of waiting for the, the, t the time frame that it would take to, to take an appeal to onboard Planola. Um, I, the building uh, apparently presented no issue, and I'm now a bit stuck. I, I'm is, not yeah. quite sure exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm going to have to try and get inventive, I think. Yeah, cre creative we would call that. Um, but uh, yes. be, be and then apply for um, then apply then for retention. And not that I would be advocating such an action at of all, Doctor Sloan. I couldn't. Of course not, Keith. But of I mean, course not. But I mean, the situation <laughs> is. I do know that the planners, and I know quite a few planners, and I know they're under awful pressure because there's new legislation coming down that I know all the time to them, and they have to take everything into account. Uh, because, again, somebody else could turn around and say, I don't like Dr. Sloan for whatever reason, and I'm going to make an objection, and then it goes to a more planola, and it all gets very messy from there. Um, so of course it does. I think, I think the, the problem lies, Keith, is I, I don't think this is an issue with the individuals in the planning office. I think the individuals in the planning office are doing their very best to yeah, apply the law as it's as they see it. Um, and, and I think what, what this gets to is, I mean, quite a number of years ago, uh, there was a decision made that local government would cease to exist in the form it used to exist. And we moved everything more centrally. And, uh, you know, all over the country in different places, there are different local needs that are therefore not being met because simply one size does not fit all. No. One guideline does not fit every patient. One law does not fit every community. Uh, Michael Fitzmaurice was in the paper last week talking about the new legislation that's coming. The number of uh, my own patients that live here, that work here, that are invested into this community can't get planning to build their own homes. I'm a local GP renting premises. You know, why would I uh, want to spend my own money on developing a building 
it's for my patients and for the community. There's and nothing do, uh, sinister or strange. We, we, we're going to improve our work and the parking has been in use for 40 years. Now, if that's the planning law as it stands, that suggests strongly to me that there is a problem with the guidelines as they are set down. Um, I would imagine that the planning officer is doing their very best, is doing their job to the best of their ability, and I think that highlights, again, <laughs> an issue with law and planning and guidelines as it's set down, and I think the, the, the whole thing really needs to be revised with an emphasis on more locality and local communities and the needs of local communities all over the country, be that Galway City, for example, uh, or down in parts of County Clare, up in Donegal, urban areas in Dublin, or here we are in South Connemara and Carterua, where the GP can't fix his premises. Do you know what, if you thought on a... On a and, a, and, and a, a series of Father Ted you'd say something so you would so on one side of the planners they're trying to do their job they're being totally restricted by the legislation that's in place uh, they're trying to read the legislation to cover themselves because they have to if it goes to a board they could be found and having not done due, due diligence on it like it's, it's banana stuff and all you want to do is look after the patients and yet we can't hold on to GPs in this country and we don't have enough no. GPs and you can't get a you can't get an appointment for weeks on end unless you're or you can't even get a GP so what we should be doing is forgetting the law and just giving the facilities that are needed for the community to stop them going into hospitals end of story well uh I, w w the breakdown here, Keith, for me in the first place was that if they had come to me and had a conversation and said, look, this needs to be addressed, then you can open a pragmatic, you know, real world uh, negotiated solution that works for everybody. You can yeah. rectify, make amendments, but to have an absolute rejection now puts me in an extremely difficult position. Uh, I mean, if the if HICWA came into my premises tomorrow, I don't know quite what they would say. Um, you know, healthcare facilities all over the country seem to get a pass yeah. when they go into hospitals, and we're told they're not not safe. But you know, if I if my premises were assessed uh, to a, a rigorous healthcare standard, it probably would not pass muster. Okay. I want to fix it so that it would pass muster uh, for for my patients. That's good for the community. It's brilliant for my staff. We're working out of a cramped, poorly functional space, uh, and of course for myself. Let, let, uh, th there's no there's no there's no hidden ulterior motive. You know. No. Let's put a call into the council on this one, Dr. Peter Sloan. We do have an excellent county manager who he himself is a. He's a former planner, so he gets it. Let's put a call into the council and see uh, what can be done on this one. Dr. Peter Sloan in from Ankara, we'll let you back to the desk and uh, we'll talk about this uh, maybe later in the week again. Quick commercial break and we're back just after these. Now, by the way, if you do want to get involved in the um, Digital Awards, the uh, IE Digital Awards, stay tuned with full details next. A very good morning to you. Welcome in to the programme with you right through until 12 midday. Now, local digital products in Galway have been invited to enter the .ie Digital Town Awards 2024. Una McCutcheon is the National Director of the .ie Digital uh, Town Awards and she joins you on the line. Una, good morning to you. Good morning. Lovely to be here. We all start with the good news. There's a pot here, so there's a €60,000. But who and why are you asking them to get involved in this project? 
So, yeah, good question. We are the national registry for .ie domain names and we are a profit for good company and we encourage digital adoption and advocacy initiatives right across the country. And one of the programmes we run is the .ie Digital Town Awards. And these are aiming to shine a light on local digital projects, local digital champions, voluntary groups, uh, towns, local communities, and also for the very first time, individual businesses. So they're eligible to enter this time round. Um, as you mentioned, there is a 60,000 euro prize fund uh, spread across 10 categories. And we have a very uh, straightforward application process that happens online. And the way to find it is to go to our website, digitaltownawards.ie. And they can get further details from there. Have you any practical examples of um, past winners, can I ask you? Yeah, actually, interesting that you ask because we have had a number of winners from Galway over the last number of years. Uh, there was one in Ballinasloe and they were a winner in the digital business category. And it was a project called Shop Ballinasloe, which they set up when COVID hit. And it acted like a kind of a, um, an online marketplace, almost like a mini Amazon, if you think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of businesses in the town had had no e-commerce commerce capability but they had to rush to get online so they got onto the balanceslow.ie platform and they do all sorts there including um, offering town vouchers to encourage people to spend locally so that's one example so that's kind of on the business side we also had one in in fact last year's newcomer category uh, was won by Portumna and that project was uh, an app to give the gift of family stories for future generations, which I thought was a particularly lovely one. Mm-hmm. And it offered a transcription tool, you know, uh, video, photo uploads, creating playlists, playlists and, and a mapping tool. So, you know, that's really a wonderful resource to have for for future life. So those are just two of the Galway projects that have been winners. But it gives people a flavour of what they they may be doing that we take for granted, but that could be nominated um, for these awards. Yeah, it's actually a really good point because, you know, people get involved in projects, whatever that project might be. And let me give you an example. We had the uh, local hero winner uh, in the 2023 awards was a lady who is running uh, a cargo bike um, voluntary program. So she takes elderly people from nursing homes and cycles them around the local area in parks, etc., etc. They stop and smell the flowers. It's a local lovely, lovely thing to do. And she's spreading it um, nationwide now. But the digital element to her project was um, being able to book online and the fact that she promoted it via social media. So I think the point that I'm making here is these projects can cover the full spectrum from early stage use of technology right through to something much more sophisticated like uh, Internet of Things or something similar. Mm -hmm. So I would say to potential applicants, think about what you're doing uh, to improve your business, your community and say, okay, so what's the digital piece of that? And then go on to um, digitaltownawards.ie and you can see the application process there. 
Now, there's 10 categories, as you said, in the 2024.ie Digital mm. uh, Town Awards under Digital Education, Digital Tourism, Digital Community, Digital Business, Agritech, Digital uh, Sustainability, Digital Newcomer, Digital Rising Star, Digital Changemaker, and Digital Local Hero. So, yes, th- th- there's, there's something for everyone there. There really is, you know, and I think um, the the newcomer category is one that might be of interest, uh, particular interest to your listeners if they're slightly unsure of whether they would qualify or not. Uh, The other thing is we've lots of information and contact details on our website and we would welcome anybody who wants to get in touch one-to-one if they've any queries, that's absolutely no problem. We'd be happy to answer those queries. Um, So we kept the uh, entry process really very straightforward forward it would take somebody you know an hour two hours something like that to to complete the application and there are really two main questions what was your digital vision and then talk about how digital uh, supported your project so that's really what it is Uh, so I would encourage people like I say to enter so we're looking forward to seeing lots coming in from Galway you should get a good response to it, Una McCutcheon, indeed, National Director for the .ie Digital Town Awards. What is closing date um, for such awards? Yeah, the closing date is uh, Friday the 1st of March. So it gives people a few weeks now to, to get themselves together. The nice thing about the application process is it's online, like I mentioned earlier, but you can go and start your project, start your entry and stop and go back to it, you know, so it's it's quite handy in that way. Um, and then the other thing that people might want to think about is uh, there are different categories and some projects could be entered in two categories. So I'll give you an example. Last year, the overall winner was Clonmel County Tipperary and they won for a project um, which was improving digital skills for farming families. Okay, mm-hmm. so they won. They won in the agritech category, but they could have just as easily entered in the digital education category. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So they get yeah. two, two bites of the cherry. Well, you could, could get two bites of the cherry, and that's really why I'm kind of pointing it out to people. Uh, they may not, people may not think of that, and I just thought it might be a useful piece of information to share. And can schools and educational um, faculties and the, can they can they apply for these awards? They certainly can, absolutely. Um, and it's quite interesting because there's so much um, that digital and tech can do to improve education, and even to improve education management. You know, um, maybe streamlining the whole operations of a school by using uh, digital would be one example that you could think of. You know, uh, whereas in the olden days, they'd be sending out letters and making phone calls. So how have schools adopted and embraced digital within their school and to what end? And then they say, okay, this is what this this was the result of what we did. So it's a great example, actually. Yeah. Listen, if they want to get further details, just go to uh, Digital Town Awards uh, 2024.ie for further details. And again, it's the uh, IE Digital Town Awards. And if you want to get further details, uh, you can just go to the website and get further details. But Una McCutcheon, National Director of the .ie Digital Town Awards, thanks indeed for joining us uh, today. And we look forward uh, to the finale indeed, which I think is going to be in Maine, County Westmeath in Athlone there. And uh, we hope right. that there's plenty of Galway representation just over the Shannon. Yes, thank you very much, Keith. Take mm-hmm. care.
Loads of comments coming in today, by the way. And uh, Keith, I think uh, this caller said uh, the big problem with planning is sewage. I was in two well-known establishments yesterday. I had to run out of them with the smell of an odour coming out of the um, out of the building. And the tourism industry is ready to roll. It's a very serious problem. And another one, which I saw yesterday as well myself, but uh, this caller was just on to us a few minutes ago. Uh, Keith, i just seen a lady nearly getting killed by an e-scooter flying down the footpath. He must have been doing 50 kilometres. How is this allowed? Well, I was in town yesterday at a meeting and I parked in Market Street and I just said I'd go for a walk because I had 10 minutes before the meeting and it wasn't raining at the time or otherwise I just went for a walk. But I was going down Middle Street. Uh, I walked down Middle Street and uh, just coming up towards the Augustinian Church and there was three scooters came at me uh, and basically they were on the path, not on the road even. Uh, there was two on two of the scooters and there was three young fellas. They weren't even 10 years of age. Uh, on, there was three on one scooter, two on another scooter and two on no, another. And uh, so I just thought to myself, so, so there were seven of them and they were absolutely bombing. But didn't they? <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't laugh. But one of them lost control and ended up running into the back of a of a wheelie bin uh, that was left just at the end of Middle Street there. Um, kind of came to a crashing end, really. I didn't hang around. He wasn't hurt or otherwise. They were back up on the bike again. There you go. Uh, but I do think that we need to um, try and get this legislation for um, these e-scooters in and around town like that. There has got to be a grid there that will stop them doing what they're doing. But really and truly, I think we need to get something done about them. Because whoever, wherever this was, you don't tell me where it was, uh, but you just saw a lady nearly getting killed by an e-scooter flying down the footpath. He must have been doing 50 kilometres, and how is this allowed? I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. Has anybody got the answer for me? If you have, call us on 0917707 or 0868335533. Now, the Valentine's Day. Oh, people love Valentine's Day and all that goes with it. So our colleague Joshua went out to ask people what are they going to be doing for Valentine's Day? Yeah, no, um, it won't be anything happening on actual Valentine's Day. For she's too busy at work and herself is working in Dublin as well. So we're going to do it uh, this weekend instead, uh, just go out for dinner and stuff. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be mad for doing things on Valentine's Day. I kind of find it a bit cringe, like going out for dinner on the day because it's kind of the reason everyone knows like you're out for Valentine's Day. So I'd rather go the weekend after. Uh, I'll probably be working. Not a one. I'm going to sit home now, put the feet up, cup of tea, EastEnders, sorted. Well, well I think it's, it's a lot, it's very commercialised now yes. compared to one time it was just kind of the card and that. Yes. But um, I am going out for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm going out. <laughs> so, um, well, <laughs> I'm not going out for Valentine's Day. I think... She's having uh, her supper with the dog. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having my supper with the dog. Yeah, no plans at all. Yeah, it's an odd time, isn't it? Right on Ash Wednesday, but uh, it's not really for me, but everyone should enjoy it. Well, I remember when I was younger, I used to get up every morning at four o'clock to meet the postman at 11 to get my Valentine's card, but one never arrived. Um, yeah, I'll probably go for food somewhere. Yeah. And, you, and yourself? Um... Yeah, I'll probably be with them. I don't know. <laughs> haven't organised anything yet anyways. Uh, plans for the day. Um, probably could do a lot. Might go to the cinema probably then in the evening. Probably vote for something to eat and probably meet up with the lads as well. So uh, everyone will be out in Galway. 
There you go. Everyone will be out in Galway. Well, there was a lot of people out in Galway yesterday, so there was for Donegal uh, Tuesday, and the weather came in and absolutely malafoused the whole place, so it did. Um, but again, the uh, I'd say it, it dampened an awful lot of spirits, but don't forget um, that it is Rag Week, and the college are 100% behind it, as President Kieran Hogarth has said yesterday. And they have plenty of branding out and about as well, by the way, So it's, and a lot of it is on campus as well. Uh, but for Donegal Tuesday yesterday, and uh, they got a fair old drowning, God love them out there. So there'll be sniffles and colds uh, moving forward. Uh, Keith's problem with planning also is um, that the interpretation of planning laws uh, is up to each individual person uh, who's applying and also to the planner that is either agreeing to um, grant or not. Um, so it's all about the interpretation. Uh, Keith, what is the situation you spoke about yesterday having the Irish language uh, in... Um, the Gaeltacht area and you can build there uh, outside the five mile zone don't know about that now to be honest Uh, but what is the situation uh, with it from there Uh, because I do believe the councillors have stitched it into the planning laws uh, but some of the planners are not using it uh, from there I wouldn't wouldn't say so Uh, Keith we we can't get bus drivers uh, to drive buses uh, anymore this caller said Uh, there should be a push to get more bus drivers and to get them a proper salary indeed uh, for what they do on an ongoing basis. And another caller on the other side said to us uh, today and sent me in uh, a, a video yesterday of people queuing outside a famous pub in Galway City for Donegal Tuesday. They're students. They'll be back. They, once this is over now, once this week is over, or most of this week is over, today and tomorrow, uh, they'll be back and they'll be getting ready for the exams uh, from there. So it's a very quick, quick uh, turnaround for them. But uh, look at we. It's the passage that they're on from there. There's other calls coming into us too in relation to traffic in Galway City uh, yesterday evening and was it caused by Donegal Tuesday? I don't know. Uh, I didn't have any difficulty getting out of town. Around Newcastle yesterday was extremely busy, I have to say, at about uh, 5 o'clock, 10 to 5 yesterday. Newcastle hospital area, that whole area. So unless you got stuck in traffic there, it was extremely heavy. But other than that, I think... We'll just uh, move on from that. Do join us just after news. A very good morning to you.